is one of the most incredible, faithful women I've ever met in my life. Um, and I wouldn't be here without her and her prayers because I know that you have prayed for me my whole life. Nunal, I love you so much. Um, and I just want to give my family praise because you know what? It's not every day I have my family in church. So it's such an honor and a privilege that you guys came out to meet me and, and my extended family at C3 Silverwater. It's such an honor. So you can take your seats, church. Thank you so much. And can we honor our band here tonight? You guys are amazing. Thank you always for bringing us into the presence of God. How crazy has worship been lately? We're so blessed, church. We're so blessed. Hey, I'm so pumped to be here tonight. Um, I'm going to share a word that um, really is coming out of my heart. And I'm not, you know, I like to keep it real, right? Everyone knows Chrissy keeps it real, like, when I preach. So I just want to... Um, want to say that this word is very, very uh, special to me. It has come from a journey of probably about three to six months, anywhere between there. Uh, one more thing I do want to do tonight is just honour. We lost our grandmother just before Christmas, and it is almost, we had an anniversary recently, um, and I want to dedicate this to her tonight because she's amazing and we miss her a lot. But um, it's great that Dad came up today and it's awesome to be in the house. And this is really special because I haven't preached since she's been gone. So this is for you, Nonna. My other Nonna. Still got one left. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, at the start of the year, as we do, well, I do, I seek the Lord for a word. And I was praying and asking God, you know, what's my word for this year, God? Give me a word. And I believe, you know, whenever God gives us something as individuals, it's never just for us, right? It's always to offer to other people because God is not um, a selfish God by any means. So anything we learn is always valuable for someone else. So, you know, keep that in mind. But at the start of the year, I felt him say, um, read Psalm 27, 13. And I heard, you know, when you like go to church and you, every time you open the Bible, that scripture's there. Um, and this is what came to me quite a lot at the start of the year. Psalm 27, 13 to 14 says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Firstly, who knows that when God says something twice, you have to do it. <laughs> so we have to wait patiently for the Lord, amen. But um, the other thing is, when God gives us a promise, he always gives us a way in which to see that promise come to pass in our life. So what he's done is he's promised that we will see the goodness of the Lord, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in my life, that you as individuals and us as a corporate church will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. But he's also said in order to see that happen, and I believe it's a command to wait for the Lord and be strong, take heart and wait patiently for the Lord. So, you know, over and over in the Bible, we see it hundreds of times that when he offers a promise, he also offers a way in which to see that come to pass. You know, um, I truly believe as a church, you're going to see things come and happen in your life, not just, you know, those prayers and those things that you've been believing for. You're going to see those things manifested this year. You're going to see those things with your natural eyes, not just your spiritual eyes. You know, I've prayed for many things in my life, you know, and over the last six months, it has been a tough sort of time, you know, losing our grandmother and watching her sort of, you know, be ill. And I've had to fight and battle the Lord to find a new place to live. And that's just happened, praise God. I'm so thankful for that. 
And there's been, you know, hundreds of things, <laughs> thousands of things that I offer up to the Lord all the time. You know, but I believe this year, church, that those things that you've prayed for, I, I specifically feel those things you have prayed for for years and years and years are going to come to pass in 2016 in Jesus' name. Amen? And I'm going to try and give us some tips here tonight on, on you know, um, look, I'm still walking. We all walk this journey, you know, together um, and with God as individuals. And, you know, I'm just going to speak out of my heart here tonight and, and some, you know, hopefully offer some... Um, practical advice and also some encouragement and some challenges um, to you here tonight through what God's taught me over the last three to six months. So I started this year with a fast. I was like, I really felt from the Lord to fast and um, I did 21 days just after New Year. And um, during that time, <laughs> I was like, God, you know, I thought fasting was meant to be, you felt all holy and you felt the spirit every day and it was great. I honestly felt like every day there was something that God was like, Chrissy, you got to fix that. Chrissy, you got to fix that. Chrissy, you got to fix it. It was like boot camp. You know, I've talked about spiritual boot camp before, but this was crazy. I was like, God, seriously, man, give me a break. Like every day there was something else, you know. But I really felt by the, I did 21 days. So by the last, you know, seven days, I really felt breakthrough. And like I said, I, I was, you know, I was fasting for a house and that happened one week before the fast was over. But, you know, looking back, um, it takes me a while to process things. I'm a bit slow sometimes. And, um, you know, looking back on that, God really revealed um, some things to me that, you know, sometimes we can be like a dog with a bone with things. And he really had to wrestle some stuff out of me, some stuff that I didn't want to let go of. And, you know, um, what I love about God is he does it in such a way that, you know, you look back and go, man, if it wasn't for that thorn in my side, if it wasn't for that trial, if it wasn't for that storm, I never would have known and I never would have been that person that, you know, I wake up to be his mercies are new every day, church. And, you know, every day, every trial, every storm you face is not in vain. It's for you. It's for someone else. Someone will come in your path that has that same battle. You know, I've seen it over and over again in my life. And this scripture, God brought it to life um, to me over the last few months, because who wants to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, amen? So we're going to break this down here tonight. Um, the, I did like a bit of a word study. So, you know, the first word I broke down was remain. Remain. Our God is calling us to stay, church. He's calling us to remain. You know, we live in a world where it's so easy to pick up and run away from stuff, right? And our human nature, I'm a, I'm a runner. I'm going to tell a story. I think I've told it before. Dad cut his finger once. He was on a ladder. Mum's already laughing. He was on a ladder and he, I honestly thought he fell down and died or whatever. He comes in, he's like, my finger, my finger. And mum, you know, straps him up and fixes him up. In the meantime of mum fixing him up, he like passes out, literally passes out. I'm like, oh my God, dad's dead. And like, I was, didn't know, I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's died. And it was my birthday. He's died on my birthday. God, what are you doing? So I took this was like, don't judge me. This was probably what, mum, 10 years ago. We had a cordless phone. So mum goes, call an ambulance. Like, you know, we were a bit freaked out. Call an ambulance. Like, anyway, I take the phone and I run, the only cordless phone in the house, and I run across to the neighbour and I'm like, dad's dead. I literally ran in the house. Dad's dead. Dad's dead. And they're like, what the heck? Like, honestly, I thought he had died. 
And he, um, anyway, our neighbor ran over. I get back and he's sitting there. Oh, I'm all right, Chook. I'm fine. Don't, what do you worry about? And I'm like, Mum goes, you, you idiot. You took the only phone we had. What if you did die? Like, literally, I took the only cordless phone back in the day. It weren't mobiles then. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I ran away in a time of need. My dad could have died. And I ran away with the only phone that we had. And at that point, I was like, well, I've got a few issues to deal with here. Because in a time of crisis... You know, it's no time to run, church. And very early on in my walk with with God, when I, you know, gave my life to Jesus again, he taught me very quickly, Christy, that stuff has to stop. Because there are going to be trials and storms and situations like that that come in life. And you can't run away. The worst thing we can do is run away. And, you know, I learnt very early on that I can't be a runner anymore. Because sometimes we have to do things that go against our nature And we are human, and it is in our human nature to want to run away and give up. But our God is is a God of steadfast remaining, planting ourselves in the house of God, in in the things of God. And he says in John 17, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. As we remain in his word, church, as we remain in his in his house. You know, as we remain in who he is, we, we are these steadfast pillars, men and women of God. We're not these swaying in the wind, and the Bible talks about this, these swaying in the wind, one foot in, one foot out Christians. We're steadfast people, men and women of God, who know where they came from, who know where they're going, and who aren't going to sway every time a little storm comes. You know, I know I want to be one of those Christians. And we're going to journey that our whole lives. We're going to have situations that we don't want to face. We're going to have issues that we don't want to face. We're going to have things in our past that we don't want to face. But man, if I, I know for a fact if I didn't face some of those things that I had to face, you know, during this fast and during the last eight or nine years of my life, I never would be this person that I am today. And I know that three people in this room, this has never happened to me before, can testify about where I came from. And I was not a girl that could stand in front of people and speak. Mum put me into drama once because she's like, you're a drama queen, you're such a drama queen, I'm going to put you in drama. She puts me in drama, I find out that I have to do like a Stedford's and stand on a stage and I was out of there. I did not, I was like, heck no, Mum, I'm not doing that. I played piano for a year and then I realised I had to do a Stedford's. No, dump the piano. I had to, I did tennis, I had to, you know, play tennis in front of it. No, dump that, honestly. This is a miracle itself that I can stand before you and not vomit in a bucket. Amen. It's awesome. And that's what God does. That is his transforming power when you actually face those things that you don't want to face in life. And he just gives you the grace to do that. It's amazing. He builds character when we stay, when we don't run away. These trials, these things that we face, man, they build character in us. They build substance in us. God cannot use a person who's fleeting in the wind, who's one foot in the world and one foot in in his ways. We need to be these people who are steadfast and solid and know who we are in the word of God, in who he is. Church, I want to be one of those people. He refines us and he builds us. I need some water. He refines us and he builds us in that time. As we remain, as we make the decision to stay put, and to not run away, you know, what makes us run sometimes in church is offence, you know, or 
the mundane. The mundane is really hard to deal with sometimes. But man, if we don't get good in the mundane, if we don't get good with Jesus in the times where life isn't perfect and fun all the time, then, you know, we're not going to be people of substance. We need to plan ourselves, church. We need to be solid in the word of God and know who he is in Jesus' name. Maturity develops when we remain. Maturity, especially spiritual maturity, has nothing to do with age. It has to do with our choices. It has to do with our attitude and choosing the right attitude. You know, I've met 40-year-olds that seem like they're 12-year-olds, and then I've met 12-year-olds who seem like they're 40-year-olds. It has nothing to do with age, church. But as we stay in the Word of God, as we learn to plant ourselves in the Word of God, we become mature. We start making decisions that actually mean stuff, that actually have substance, and we come, we become well-built people as whole, that we can walk out these doors of the church and people look at us and go, man, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that girl. She's got something. She's got something. She's got the hope and the grace and the mercy of someone that I want to be like in Jesus' name. Most of all, I believe remaining builds endurance. And this is a thing that I've learned about God. He doesn't, he's into like cross country. Amen. He's not into sprinting. He's into everlasting, not fleeting. He's a God who wants us to last the walk and talk the talk and walk the walk for a very long time, into forever, into eternity. Not someone who's going to come and go. Not someone who's going to, you know, oh, it's all too hard, God. And let me tell you, church disclaimer, I'm a human. I have felt many times that I will pack my bags and go home and dad would not care. He would love it if I came home, wouldn't you, Daddy? You would love it. But, you know, um, as much as I would love to go home sometimes, I know that God has called me to a place. You know, when we know where we're called and what we're called to do when we're in the will of God, it's so hard to walk away from that church. It's so hard to walk away when you know that you know that you know that God has called you to a place, that God has called you for a purpose. And right now, in this place, every single one of us have a plan and a purpose. And you're not here by mistake. You are here on this planet, on this earth, for a very big purpose, an eternal purpose. And I want to be someone that lasts the race, church. You know, at some point, my family probably thought, oh, she'll get over this church thing but I'm not over it, sorry, <laughs> and I'm not going to get over it, because I know, and I know they don't, they don't want me to get over it, they love it, they love happy Chrissy, not moody, emotional Chrissy, I don't know, <laughs> they, they cop the worst, people complain about me now, but they copped it, they know how much I've changed, but you know, I really want to, um, I really want to encourage us to be those people that train for the cross country, not for the sprint, I want to be a generation, no matter how old you are in this room, who lasts the race. I want to be like my nunna. I want to get to the end of my life and know that I have served God with every part of who I am, that I have given my life to Jesus Christ, and I will do everything. And I believe that there's people in this, like all of you want to do that. Otherwise, I don't believe you'd be sitting here today. So endurance, patient, Hebrews 10.36 says, patient endurance is what you need right now so that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that he has promised. Churches, we are patient and we endure no matter what comes our way as we are steadfast 
in who God is, in who Jesus is, in, in who we are in Christ, we will remain the distance and we will see his promises come to pass. pass. James 1.3 says, For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Like I said, when I went into this fast, um, actually six months ago I got a word um, at a Every Woman event. So come to Every Woman, ladies. Good plug, Pastor Nath. Come, come to Every Woman. It's going to be amazing. Gemma Webb um, gave me a word and she said um, a whole heap of things. But the thing that stuck with me, she said, Chrissy, over the next six months, God's going to teach you how to be fully devoted to him. He's going to take you through a season where you're going to be like you're going to have no choice but to be fully devoted to him. And that's exactly what I feel like. A couple of weeks ago, a few of us went up to the pursuit camp and I was sitting in the back of the room as our amazing band were, were rehearsing and um, I was on my Bible and my reminder popped up and I totally forgot that I put in a reminder in my phone that in six months, like that would mark the six month time that I got that word. And as I was sitting there, it popped up and it said six months since Gemma's word or something and I was like, wow. Wow, God, like, and I knew, I knew at that point that God really has taken me on a journey to, to learn how to be devoted to him. And church, if there's anything that you take away tonight, whether you're on the mountain, whether you're in the valley, his heart, God's heart for us is that we only and ever desire him. That he is first, he is centre, he is everything before everything else. That even when you're facing those storms, you know, the last few months have been tough, but I've had this peace in my heart like I've never felt before that everything was going to be all right. And that was the word of God that would spring up in me. And I was, I was surprised at myself. You know, I, um, I sometimes am this <clears throat> crazy praying person. And I often don't have a lot of words to say. Sometimes we just don't know what, what to pray anymore. And for the last three months, I've been like pacing up and down. Like I'm a bit of a crazy person when I pray. I'm like, yeah, come on. And I'm like walking up and down praying. And all I could say is, Jesus, you know the plans for my life. Jesus, you know the plan. Jesus, you know the plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, Jesus, you know the plan and it is good. It is not to harm me. Church, when we don't know what to say, go to the word of God and speak the word of God over your life. It is no mistake that my family's sitting in church. I have prayed. It's no mistake that, you know, I got a house because I did pray and my God heard our prayer, heard my prayer. And you know what? He knows what you want. He knows what you need and he will give it to you. And sometimes it doesn't come in the nice little package that we think it's going to come in. But his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his plan will always prevail and it's always the best for us. So take heart, be brave and wait for the Lord. Amen? Amen. You know, um, the next word, I should hurry up. The next word is uh, confidence. I will remain confident. Confidence is that trust and that faith that goes beyond anything that we could probably do in our own strength. And one thing I learned during the fast was that, you know what, it's okay to ask God for faith. It's actually okay to ask him for faith. Because, you know, when we do this life on our own, we can only take ourselves so far. But it's actually really important that we turn to him in every circumstance. And, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a human. I lack faith. This season, church, I'm going to be real, like I said. I was questioning, God, are you even real? Like, are you even hearing me? 
There are things that I have been praying for eight, nine, ten, since I was a little girl, years. Do you even, do you even hear me? You know, let's be real here tonight. Who feels like that sometimes? God, are you there? Are you hearing me? Or is this all just, what is this? I've questioned it so many times, church. But there's always something, because I've experienced the love of God. Nine years ago when I sat in a youth meeting, I experienced the love of God and I can't turn my back on that. I can't turn my back on who he is because I know who he is because he teaches us in in his word. And as we know and learn about who he is, we actually learn and know who we are because we're made in his image, church. Who believes that? We're made in his image and this whole life, our biggest purpose is that we would be more and more and more like him. So these trials is exactly what happens. Our confidence needs to be in him, in his word. Nothing surprises God. He's sovereign. Nothing surprises him. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to think. He knows that dream you have. It's going to come. He knows the exact time, the exact place, exactly what it looks like, exactly what it's going to be, exactly how incredible your future is going to be. He is sovereign. And the word says that our days are planned before us. God doesn't see time like we see time. He sees everything all at once because he is amazing. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time, sees all things. So don't be discouraged, church, because you know what happens when we start to pray and our prayers don't get answered? We get discouraged. Take heart and be brave and wait for the Lord. How do we build our confidence? We pray. I know, it's another prayer preach. No, 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 no. This is the thing. For me, I've learned that prayer is not about just asking and receiving. Prayer is not about, God, please give me this, and I promise I'll do this. You know, I've prayed those prayers before. God, please, give me a house, I'll do anything. Are you really prepared to do anything? Because he takes you up on your offer sometimes. (laughs) You know, praying is not just about, the word does say pray and you will receive and ask and you will receive, sorry, and seek me and you will find. But more than anything, prayer is about relationship. If we don't have somewhat or a strong prayer life, we're going to struggle in this walk. We're going to struggle in this enduring race. I know what it's like when you don't pray. I know what it's like when I slack off. I start to think things I shouldn't think. I start to believe things I shouldn't believe. I start to hear things I shouldn't hear, not in a crazy way. I just start to think, you know what, Chrissy, you're not good enough for that. That's not going to happen for you. And we start to believe those lies. We start to think about things that people have said to us that aren't so nice, because we have a memory, we can't take our memory away, and we can forgive, but sometimes it's hard to forget, yeah, and we start to recall those moments of, you know, you're this, you're that, you're not worthy, you shouldn't have got that, you didn't deserve that, or sometimes we pray so hard to see someone healed, or to come to know Jesus and it doesn't happen. Or we pray for that 
dream, God, why have you put this dream on my heart so strong and it's just not happening? Like it comes so close yet so far. And we start to get discouraged. But you know, lip service is cheap to God. He wants our hearts, church. And those things, you know, answer this time. I'm going to challenge us a little bit. Would you still pray? Would you still worship? Would you still come to church if Jesus never answered your prayer? God asked me that during the fast. I was like, whoa. Step back. You know, I can pray till the cows come home about the things that I want and the things that I think I need. But I want to be like Jesus in the garden when he was on his knees and he was like, Father, if this cup could be taken, if I could not die a brutal death, then please let this cup pass. But if not, your will be done. Do we truly pray like that, church? I do my best (laughs) to pray like that. And you know what? God knows our hearts and that's what he looks at. And I want to I want to be confident. I want to have faith and trust in a God who can truly make the impossible possible. And I do that by pushing through and feeling even when I don't feel like it, I pray and I believe the word of God. Honestly, in the last six months, I haven't felt like praying. I've been like, God, my whole life is in chaos. Every area of my life, there is something blowing up. There's something going down. And, you know, I'm struggling. But every day, I made sure, despite how angry I was, how sad I was, how frustrated I was, how happy I was, I made sure that I read the word every day, even if I didn't feel like it. Because, you know, our emotions are deceiving. Even our good emotions are deceiving. But we have power over our emotions. And I went, another thing, see, it was boot camp in this fast, God told me. He showed me, he said, Chrissy, you know, you're a control freak. (laughs) I was like, thanks. (laughs) I know that. A lot of people have told me that. I didn't think I was. I thought I was this cool, calm, laid back, collect. No, 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 I was a control freak. I am totally out of control of my life and loving it. Because you know what, when we try to hold on to things and we, we hold on so tight, like when I'm talking God wrestled with me for two weeks, I was holding things so tight and I'm still on a journey guys, don't like, you know, I'm free and loving it but I've still got a few things I hold on to. I'm still a human, I'm definitely not perfect. Um, we hold so tight and God said, how can I put something new? How can I put something bigger? How can I put something better? Whatever we're believing for, how can I do that when you're holding on to that thing? How can I do that when you won't let go? Because how can he put anything else in my hand if I'm holding on? How can we receive those things that God has for us if we're holding on to those, to those things that don't belong to us? Maybe we're fighting for things that actually aren't for us. Or maybe God just wants to give it back to him so he can make it like super amazing. Because I can only do something so far. I'm only a a mere human being. But we serve a God who is extraordinary, magnificent, incredible, awesome, can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream or imagine. 
I want those extraordinary above and beyond things that I could ever imagine. And that made it that little bit easier to release it. That little bit easier to not wrestle and be like a dog with a bone. And the other thing that, you know, I learned through that is that we're in a battle every day, church. And prayer, prayer is our weapon. The word of God is our weapon. If we don't know it, if we don't pray, we don't have our armor on, how are we going to win this battle? Because those thoughts are going to come and those finances might be tight and that job might not come because of whatever reason. If we're not praying, if we're not in the will of God, how do we know what God wants for our lives? You know, I want to be in the will of God. And how we do that is just surrendering everything that we have to him. I don't want to be a control freak anymore because it's tiring. I don't want to try to control everything. And, you know, I can't control a lot of things. I can't control what people think. I can't control what my boss says to me. I can't control the thoughts that come in my head. I You know, I can't control them, but I have the power to stop them. And I have the antidote to that negative thought. I have the word of God. And if I don't know the word of God, how am I going to fight that thought? How am I going to fight that lie with the truth if I don't know the truth? And we have the truth in the word of God and we need to know it, church. We need to know it. We need to know it more than anything. Ephesians 6.10 in the message says this. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set for you, well-made weapons and materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up against everything the devil throws at you. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finished against the devil and his angels. The bad guy is around but you know what his tricks aren't new his lies aren't new his ways aren't new he doesn't know the future we have everything we need in Christ to fight him and we are victorious because of what Jesus did on the cross in Jesus name we are victorious every circumstance everything you're facing right now we are victorious you've won the battle you've won the battle you have to believe that God is going to pull through, that breakthrough is going to come. And I always say this, and I believe it more than ever, is that the breakthrough comes from within us before we see it manifested in our life. The breakthrough comes in our thinking. The breakthrough comes in our hearts. The breakthrough comes when we actually believe the Word of God and when we actually believe this very thing, that God is good. That I will see the goodness of God. That I will see the goodness of God. We do not serve a God that is not good. We do not serve a God that is out there killing people. We do not serve a God who doesn't heal people. We don't serve a God who intentionally wants to harm you or lie to you. If a if a negative thought comes in your mind, I'm telling you that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. If the need to seek revenge comes, that's not Jesus. If the need to fight with our spouse, I don't know what that's like. That's not Jesus. You can fight that. (laughs) If the need to rip someone off money, that's not Jesus. We can fight those thoughts, church. That's not who we are. That's not who we're created to be. He is good. 
And when we face these trials, you know, the word never said you will never experience anything bad in your life. The word says that trials will come, but I will give you everything you need to walk through, that you will walk through the fire and you will not be burned. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 9 says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are never destroyed. God is good. The things that come our way will never destroy us. Even in death, we are victorious. Even in death, we are victorious because we're going, in Jesus' name, to a place that is much better than this place. That we are going to a place where there's peace, when we accept Jesus in our life and we know and believe that he is our Lord and Saviour and that he died on a cross for us, we're going to a place that is much better than this place. Be brave and take heart. And finally, my last point tonight, wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. This is a tough one, right? Who likes to wait for stuff? Not in these days. We can Google and get it straight away. We can go to Macca's and get a meal in a minute. Who likes to wait in a line? No one. Who likes to wait to go? You know, we even have self-checkout so you can get out quicker from Woolies. I mean, we're, we're a generation that we don't wait for anything, really. We don't have to. And it's so easy for us to be like, mm, I'm not waiting that long. I'll just go to KFC instead of Macca's. There's no one there. I don't know. We don't have to wait. But I believe God's in... You know, he's like, well, no, I'm going to teach you patience and the art of patience. I think that, you know, God is into teaching us what patience is because it's not something especially young adults are great at or youth are great at. Patient is, patience is a foreign concept to us. But like I said, God's not into the sprint <clears throat> and what happens in the waiting is that when we learn to remain and stay confident in him, that's what happens in the waiting. We become better people. We become better sons, daughters, friends, husbands, wives. We become better when we wait for something. It's not a hard concept, you know. If you, if you get handed a phone for free, for nothing, oh, I want a phone, bang, it appears. You're not going to care about it like if your blood and sweat and tears at work for six months went into it to buy it and you waited for that thing. You're not going to appreciate it. And, you know, we're not going to need faith. If God gave us stuff like that, if God answered our prayers like a genie in a second, he knows we wouldn't need him. We wouldn't need to rely on him. I'm not saying that you know, he can't do these amazing things because he does and we can all testify to God doing incredible things. But, you know, the miracle in my life has been the fact that I've waited for certain things and probably will always have something to wait for. And I'm so grateful because I don't think that I would be half the person I am. I don't think I would have learnt how to be humble I don't think we would learn how to have grace for people. I don't think we would learn how to appreciate one another as friends or in any sort of, you know, relationship. We wouldn't learn how to be better people. We wouldn't learn how to be like Jesus because, you know, 
Jesus too waited for stuff, I'm sure. You know, some of us get tired of waiting. And, you know, over the last six months, I've seen a lot of people sort of get tired of waiting for something and they go and they do it on their own. And it's just destructive. And it actually, like, breaks my heart. (laughs) And I don't want to be someone that sells myself short of what God's got for me. And I don't want you to be people who miss out on those extraordinary, incredible, magnificent, exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ever dream or imagine things. Who wants that? I, I want those exceedingly above anything that I could dr- ever dream or imagine. I want my life to glorify Jesus. I would not take the glory for those answered prayers. I don't take the glory for finding a house recently. I give that glory to God because he's so good and he heard my prayer. And everywhere I looked, there were doors closing, closing, and one day, bang, there was a door literally open. And I walked into a new house, amen? <laughs> Patience, patiently, patiently waiting. Let all that I am wait quietly before God for my hope is in him. Church, we can't put our hope in people because we're all broken human beings and we let each other down. We can put ourselves and our hope in a God who can do the impossible. If we believe his word can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream or imagine, that can restore things that you never thought possible, that can change a heart in a family member, that could bring finance that you don't even know where it came from. That's the God we serve. There are, you know, I'm sure we all have testimony after testimony of God's incredible goodness in our life. And church, I don't know what you're facing here today, but man, our hope needs to be in him to build our endurance and our faith and our trust and our hope I want to be a person who gets to the end of my life and people know me for my faith. You know, I I want all of us to be these people that have impacted person after person, not for our glory, but for his. I want to get to heaven and I want to see, you know, my friends and my family and those people that I loved. I want to see them with me in heaven. You know, I want to see people who knew God because maybe they never would have known Jesus if they didn't meet me. I don't know. And that's got nothing to do with me, but my life is surrendered to him. And yeah, you know, we want to see his blessings. But man, I want people to see Jesus more than anything in my life. You know, when, that, when those prayers are answered, I give glory to God. Because I can't, you know, we can't do those things on our own. I might invite the band back if that's cool. You know, like I said, I don't know what you're facing here tonight, but I know that God is so good, church. And I know that waiting sucks sometimes. And I know that, you know, it can be tempting to walk off the path or not believe that God's listening. And I truly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I say to you tonight that I have... I'm in that place where I'm like, God, do you hear me? But I'm going to defy any feelings and I'm going to take control of those things and I'm going to believe that God has a plan for my life. And I know 
without any doubt in my mind, church, that God has a plan for every single one of you. And it really is exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ever dream. Dream the biggest dream and he's got so much more than that. Take heart and be brave is the last point. Joshua 1, 7 to 9 says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses, the word God gave you. Don't deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Be strong and courageous and remain obedient to his word. God's not complicated, church. We make her complicated. God's simple. He just says, love me, get in my presence, seek me and you will find me. Know who I am and you'll know who you are. We always have choices in life. We have to choose him or not. Faith or fear, good or bad. I want to choose good. I want to choose faith. I don't want to be scared anymore. You know, I was riddled with fear. I slept on my parents' bedroom floor until I was 14 years old. I'm sorry about that, publicly. <laughs> Very sorry about that. <laughs> so why my sister came to Obby's later. Too much information. You know, um, <laughs> I was. I was a girl that was riddled with fear. And that still can be my default at times when things pop up in life. But I refused to go back to that place. A lot of you know my testimony that I was at the age of 19, 18, 19, quite depressed and on medication and things like that, having thoughts I shouldn't have had. And I was riddled with fear. My dad used to say, I'm, you're scared of your own shadow, and I probably literally was. <laughs> and I didn't want to live like that anymore. And I remember waking up one day just going, God, if you're real, Please save me from this because I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I don't want to live this life anymore. And over a period of time, I began getting set free. And at 21, I walked into a youth meeting with a lot of you know, Josie Richards, and, you know, got saved, gave my life to Jesus, and um, the transformation began. Amen. But I wouldn't be standing here before you if I didn't make that decision. And I will testify that every day of my life, that if it wasn't that I truly accepted and declared that Jesus was my Lord and Saviour and that he died on a cross and rose for me, I wouldn't be here today. Why don't we close our eyes here tonight? I want us to be people who encourage ourselves in the Lord that we can't write off our pastor's faith, our leader's faith, our parents' faith. We can't be people who don't know Jesus for ourselves. We can't be people who try to figure it out and logify it in our head, if that's even a word. <laughs> We need to be people who have a revelation of who he is for ourselves. That we know Jesus for ourselves. And I don't know if maybe you've never made that decision, maybe you've never 
openly said that you believe Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, that he did die on a cross for you. I don't know about you, church. I don't know another man who died for me because of my sin. But Jesus did. And he died for every single one of us. And you know, this isn't some way to manipulate us to be scared, you know, that we wouldn't go to heaven or good things wouldn't happen to us. But if we believe what the Bible says, then, you know, the only way to the Father is through the Son and is believing who Jesus is and that he did die on a cross for every single one of us, that he did take that sin and that shame. You don't have to live in that past anymore. You don't have to live in that depression and anxiety. You don't have to live in that addiction. You don't have to live in a place that isn't free. But we can live with a God who is mighty, who sets us free. So right now, if there's anyone in this place who would like to simply say a prayer that just ask Jesus into your heart and to declare afresh tonight that he is your Lord and Saviour. And I'd love you just to lift your hand right now and I'll pray with you. You know, if something was to happen to you tonight, do you fully believe that you would go to heaven? If there's any doubt, I would love to to pray with you if you just raise your hand right now in this place, every eye closed, just for privacy. If there's anyone in this place who would love to pray that prayer, it would be honour to pray with you here tonight. God, we're so grateful for who you are, Jesus. We're so thankful, Lord, that we serve a God who is worthy to surrender and give our entire life to, that we serve a God who we can worship and know that only good things come from him. Father, I thank you that your word went out tonight and it will do exactly what it needs to do. I thank you, Father, for every life in this place. Right now, Father God, I declare your blessing. I declare your favour, your peace, your mercy, your grace on every life here tonight. Lord, we worship you. Above all else, Father, every circumstance, every storm that is being faced here tonight, Lord, you know every life better than I do, God. You know every life and I just thank you, Father, that there are answers coming. That God, this year, in 2016, we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That we will see your goodness in our lives. That we will see families reunited. That we will see healings take place. That we would see relationships restored. That we would see finances flowing through our homes. That we would see jobs where jobs are needed. Houses where houses are needed. Father, any need in this place right now, you are bringing an anointing. You are bringing, Father God, your presence into that thing. Lord, that you are giving people answers right now as they sit in your presence, Father. Lord, that we are seeing mighty things. 
God, that in faith, God, in faith we believe that we will see the goodness of God. And Lord, that, Father, we will see it with our natural eyes. We will see those things with our natural eyes in Jesus' name. Why don't we stand up here tonight, church? You know, we'll sing one more song. I've gone a little bit over time, but I believe that as we surrender those things to God, as we lift up those circumstances, you know, if you need faith here tonight for something, if you need a fresh touch, if you need that enduring power in your life, if you need a refreshing, if you have a circumstance in your life, that you know the only way that thing can change and move is God, lift your hands, worship Him. I believe that things are going to break open here tonight, that your hearts are going to break for what breaks His. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see a breakthrough in this place, God. I thank you, Father, as we worship you here tonight, Lord, that things are going to break off their lives, Father God, that freedom is going to come in areas, God. Well, I thank you, Father, that answers are going to come. As you worship Him, I believe He's going to speak to you in that place. Oh, Father, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.